Now, last night, our campus chaplain, Pastor Jason, preached his tail off off on the the last year university motto from diversity community, where he focused in on unity, to live in deep love together while in a world of crazy division. Today, I want to focus on the diversity piece of that motto, from diversity, unity, or community. And this diversity is the precedence of your story. So I will share a phrase with you that I will say multiple times as we are together here this morning because I want you to walk away with this one point and I just have to give you a fair warning. I'm going to give you the F word. I've said it oftentimes, many times in different places. Today it will be this F word and this phrase. Don't forget They all got nervous. I was like, oh, Jesus. We should have never hired this guy. You're right. You're right. Don't forget your story. If you need to to shrink it down a little bit, you can say don't F your story. That's okay. The F stands for forget. Turn to somebody and say don't forget your story. When you embrace your story, you are able to add to the communal fabric that ultimately glorifies God when we do it together. Here, in this place, this is why one for all and all for the one. Each family here today, whether visiting or are here on a weekly basis, your story, your struggle together makes all of us better. Take a moment right now and just turn to somebody and say, I am so glad you're here. Just find one other person and say, I am so glad you are here. We are better together. And that togetherness binds us, though our stories are different, though our beginnings aren't the same. Though we don't come from the same place or eat the same food or look the same way, we are together, and for that, we are better. We're like a church potluck. Somebody say amen. Amen. Yes. The more flavors we bring to the table, the better the potluck. Hey. Where there's lumpia. Ooh, lumpia. Some jerk chicken. Can I get an amen? Amen. Give me some collard greens, some pupusa, maybe a vegan, non-gluten, fat-free special K loaf. <laughs> Super having to say amen. Amen. Maybe some chapche or some really, really good steak. Smashed peas and sweet potato, tacos. Man, I'm hungry. Turn to somebody and say, I'm hungry. <laughs> Hurry up, Pastor. I'm hungry. Praise the Lord. Each unique dish comes from its own process. You see, hear me now. Each unique dish comes through its own process, from the hands that needed it to the pounding it took to the foundation that it was created upon. Each dish comes with its own process to make the potluck better. 
That's why when you see people and they bring something, they name it after a family member. You ever run into that dish? Oh, that's, that's my grandma's peach pie. That's your grandma's peach pie? Yeah, but I made it. Okay. Oh, that's my uncle's marinated uh, 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 steak. Oh, that's my auntie's salad. And then when you try, because it's so good, when you try to get information from them on how they made it, they never tell you. Right? How'd you make this? Oh, I put some loving in it. What, what, what aisle is loving on? Can I, can I pick it up? How, how did you make it? How, well, you, I put time in. I know you put time in. Tell me how you made it. And then when we sit together and we eat, right, and it's a diverse potluck and, and we're there, we get to learn each other's expressions and phrases and we live each other's experiences and lives. I love it. I always eat in diverse groups. I, I have a large group of, of, of very uh, eclectic human beings. Even in our last church, we had, we had potluck every Saturday because I love food. We'd sit around and every so often some of my black friends would be like, man, she put her foot in it. Another one of my friends, you know she did. And then my white friends are like, whoa, wait, wait, what? She actually put her foot in this? Is that, is, that a, is that appropriate? Do we need to clear that? It's not a real foot, girl. It just means the food is really good. And we grow together. Could you imagine if somebody came along to this wonderful spread of food before us and just started dousing everything with ranch dressing? Ranch dressing, just, yay, yay, we need ranch on that, we need ranch. Hey, put some ranch on that hummus, put some, put some ranch on that lumpia, put some ranch on those noodles. And now listen, it's kind of good on noodles, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but could you imagine if we just doused everything down to one dull, bland flavor? Now some of us carry little something along with us when we go places. Maybe some ketchup packets in your purse. I've seen some of those Cholula keychains. Some of us have full-on big balls of mayonnaise in your pocket. I know you're here today. <laughs> but the dish itself stays true to its form and its story. And we add a little bit of comfort to enjoy the novelty with some familiarity so that we can become a community. So too in the community of love, we each bring a unique and special story that must be shared and not forgotten or doused in the blindness of homogeneity if we want to experience the fullest taste of the kingdom community. Don't forget your story. In 2 Timothy, the author conveys the idea of, of, of this succession. The arc of time is pushing past one generational leadership, namely Paul, to a new generation of leaders that are looking out uh, to new adventures and new horizons before them, namely but not exclusively Timothy. This passage that focuses on passing forward traditions and ideas is speaking to you, graduates. This is your text. You are the next generation to move into the school systems, into the corporate world, into social work. You are the next entrepreneur, the next businesswoman or businessman. You are the next doctoral candidate or the next medical student to be ready to move into the medical field. Sitting among us right here is the next orchestral music composer, the next conductor, 
next major tech web designer, the next groundbreaking scientist. You are that generation. You are the next influencers on the social construct of our societal infrastructure. It is your horizon that we celebrate today. Amen, church? In the lead up to this text, we hear the author say or mention Paul's ancestors, verse 2. Timothy's sincere faith, which is rooted in his grandmother and his mother, Lois and Eunice, verse 5. And Timothy's need to rekindle God's gift, verse 6. Timothy is being pushed and prodded towards his lead role by being reminded of where he came from. A rekindling, a mother, a grandmother, an ancestor. These all encourage Timothy to understand his identity and his obligations, his story and his calling. Where do you come from? What sacrifices has your family made for you to be here? What doubts? Pains, insecurities, hate did you have to overcome? What has God brought you through? Don't forget your story. To succeed in the horizons before you, you must remember the story beneath you. You must remember the story that brought you to this day that you can stand firmly and accept the next level of your journey. Don't forget your story. This morning, 2 Timothy should remind us all that God has not only granted us all the gift of unmerited salvation because of God's goodness towards us. I'm going to pause there really quick. Would you just turn to someone today and say, God has saved you. Would you just, just affirm someone else today? Some here might need to hear this. Just turn to them and say, God has saved you. Somebody is, is nursing a hangover today. Somebody been some places last night. Somebody is unsure about what's happening. I need you to hear me today. God has saved you. He didn't save you because you were good enough. He saved you because he is good enough. So may this text remind us not only that God has saved us as a gift unmerited by, from us, but his goodness towards us. But also, God has granted us the gift of our communal and specific stories, which this endless potential of developing your story also develops your goodness. And that goodness makes a community better, and that good community reflects the one who created us. And so in verse 8, as we trickle along, do not be ashamed, then the testimony about your Lord or of me his prisoner. <laughs> These words have to encourage Timothy. Hey, don't be ashamed of me. I, I, know, I know I'm a prisoner, but don't be ashamed of me. Some may feel uncomfortable with your story. Others, like Potluck, may not like your story. But it is your story, so don't be ashamed of it. Be proud of the place by which you have risen and come through so that you can be here today. Share it graciously. Share it broadly. I graduated for my first time around from last year University in 2004. I was reminded a couple weeks ago by the graduates of the high school that they were born on that year. <laughs> that was rude of them. 
Let me tell you about my journey just in a short snippet. I, when I came to last year university, I hadn't even had a green card yet. Turn to somebody and say, green card, mercy. I hadn't even had a green card yet. I had what they call an employment card. I don't even know what that is. It had numbers on it, so I used it. And, and, and my sister had moved here to start working here, so she said, move with me. So I lived here in La Sierra, and then I would, I would take the bus to go to school at RCC. And then afterwards at night, I would stay there so long that there would be no buses riding, so I would, I would walk from RCC back to La Sierra on a regular basis. It, was, it got so bad that, that my sister would call my brother from L.A., hey, would you go pick up your brother? He is walking around Riverside like, like he's crazy. My brother would have to look out for me all night, just driving around, trying to see my route to drive me home. This is what I did. I lived with my sister, and then we moved out, and, and then I started living all over Riverside, all over La Sierra. Some of you know this struggle, right? Where you're like, man, we ain't got enough money. I got to go find a place to live. And then I would have just like five, six, seven human beings start living with me. And we just start living together. And we just start, whoever had food, they'd bring it over, and we'd just eat together. At one point, I was living in Calkins Hall. Now, Calkins Hall is an esteemed and beautiful building. Back then, it was condemned, and only ghosts and demons and goblins lived there with me. <laughs> you, you remember those days, Evo? One of our pastoral staff, Pastor Steve, lived with me. Pastor Donovan Childs lived with me. My brother lived with me. We had some random homeless guy living with us. He would literally walk in in the middle of the night, slide under my desk, and sleep there. Married now, a family, has a family now, and is doing great in life with his children and his job. But in that part of his journey, his story, he didn't have another place to live, so he came and lived with us. Our life was a struggle. While there were others living in the dorm, enjoying their great Wi-Fi, we were stealing it. <laughs> Kevin Strain lived with me. Kelly Strain lived with me. Everybody lived with me. One day, late 2003, early 2004, I had gotten the contact. Hey, you get to graduate. Man, what? I'm done? You're done. You get to March 2004. Get ready to go. I was so excited. How could this non-greed card holding broke as a joke? No food having, thousand people living in my house. Guy, graduate. They're going to let me march. I was so excited until the weekend of when I looked around and everyone and their mom had cords, were in stoles, did all this decoration, and my gown just looked like a clean plane. The, the gardener came to mow everything down, <laughs> smooth as can be. And all of a sudden, the celebration of something great that was happening in my life got diminished. I, 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 I didn't know what how to feel about this. I wasn't sure where I was going to land. All of a sudden, this magnificent moment felt bare and common. For, for someone who lived such an uncommon life, it felt strange. Sunday comes along, Sunday morning comes along, and I'm preparing myself, feeling just a little bit, little bit uh, uh, not as valuable as some of my glorious, and I had some glorious classmates. Let me tell you, when you're in a class with Pastor Raywin, Man, that, that lady, she's just, she's a genius. She's a different, different level of smart, right? And, and you just, you look at yourself, you feel just, you just don't feel as valuable as some. And I was coming to the line, and as soon as I got to the line to begin my march, 
Here my parents came out of nowhere. They'd been staying up for days, picking flowers from all over California, driving up and down looking for the bush that had some, some leaves and started just pulling them off. My parents were pulling over on the freeway. My mom would get out and start pulling all the honeysuckle, looking crazy to make me this lay. My parents gave me these massive lays. My aunt came and gave me these massive lays. My brothers and sisters came and they put these massive lays. Some of my classmates, um, my roommates came. They had made me a lay that was made of random stuff, like sandals, like why? <laughs> Sunscreen, I don't even need the stuff. And they just started layering it on me, layering it on me. It got to the point where I couldn't even see my graduation march. When I came off, random human beings, strangers wanted to take pictures with me. They're like, man, we've never seen, we don't even know who you are under there. Can we just take a picture? Sure. I had to take, I had to take a good uh, a third on the top off because it had gotten just too big. So we had to take it off so that I could see. Here's a picture of it here. Um, and, the, and the lay on top is actually, <laughs> look, at, look at the Gorpos, man. <laughs> this was after removing stuff, right? And that's the Gorpos, that, 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 that red one that goes around. This was my stole. I realized this was my story. I didn't have cords or decorations, but these lays, it represented my life and all the beloved people who didn't have a lot but was willing to pour out what they had. And together, we marched up to receive that diploma because they were my story. Now everyone wears lays. It's, that's all I see you all wearing it. That's, that's appropriation. I'm going to sue y'all after this. Praise the Lord. Happy Sabbath. <laughs> I also see some of you wearing your stoles. That represents proudly your story and where you come from. That tells more of just a, 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 a young lady or a young man who gets to finish on this day but says, I got to this day because of my story. Be sure that not everyone is going to appreciate your story and your journey the battles that you have. But today, even if you aren't wearing a stole, I want you to know you have a story. You must share graciously and broadly as God brings your story to the forefront of this world that we live in today. Your story is indeed represented in the biblical narrative. We find you there. We see you and your, and your, and your, your, your stories that connect you to who you are. Maybe your story is one of, of, of being birthed into a system that leans against your general, generational lineage. Maybe you've had to deal with systemic oppression and systematic issues. Moses understands you. Moses was going through that. Moses was removed from his familial uh, uh, circle, from his house. He was moved to someone else. Moses had to hear the cries of mothers where, where, when, when the oppressors systematically trimmed down the people by killing their sons. Moses understands. Maybe you wear a, a stole that, that, is, that is lavender. 
And maybe you feel like uh, that you, you've come all this way and still in this spectrumist life, you are seen as less than. Maybe you are despised because of the fearful and wonderful way you were created and you feel left out and silenced by a dominant culture. The Samaritan woman understands you. She was there, hated just because she was born the way she was born, not even uh, accepted into her own people group until Jesus met her there. And when he meets her there, she finds a new sense of value and hope about who she is, so she goes back to a village that only she could win back to Jesus. Maybe you're from a migrant stole story. Maybe you've had to be part of a family that migrated and moved and finding your way into the general populace today. Maybe that's your story. Migration, the search for a happier, a better, a promised land. Joshua understands your story of being on the precipice of reaching the goals that were set before you and dreamed by your foremothers and forefathers. You are that next iteration the next one to lead into the promised land. Maybe your stole is there's no stole for it. Maybe your stole is that, that you're a female, a young woman graduating into the work field. Can we just give our ladies a big round of applause? I searched and searched for this stole and I couldn't find it. I called some of my titan women in my life and they couldn't find it. Maybe it's time we make a women's stole for your story. For the last 20 years, you have made up at least 50% and now the gap is growing. There are more women graduating every year on average than there are gentlemen. But before you get too excited, you are still on average making 84% what we make. <laughs> we have 129 women clergy in North America that works for the Seventh-day Adventist denomination, while there are 4,500 men clergy, 2.8% of you. It's almost the same chance we will get hit with a coconut on our head than to have a woman pastor us, which is strangely odd since it's a woman who got us started. Maybe your story is Joseph, I don't know. Maybe you were born into a promise that was privileged to you and it wasn't even, wasn't even your doing, but because you were born into that privilege, there are people who've been hurt who you've become the recipient of that you've gotta get past so that you can continue to ally and help others get fed. Maybe you're Abraham or Sarah is your story where you're an older but fruitful graduate. You've been waiting for this promise that seemed to have been just in a world of desolation and dry bones. And then one day you are sitting here to graduate. My super seniors, I'm talking to you. You are here. This is your time. So don't be ashamed. I don't know what your story is, but today I release you to live it fully. May the world around us see not just the skills that you have for your work and your profession, but the story that made it possible for you to be in that very calling. 
Remember our text that God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. And the church can say amen. So go forth in this power and live in this love, unashamed of your journey that got you here. And when you share it in love, we will all be the better for it. So I close because I'm hungry. Graduates, I want you to raise your right hand and look at me now. Repeat after me. I will not forget my story. One more time with some umph. I will not F my story. Hey, somebody said that a little too much. Don't F your story. Don't forget it. Otherwise, we're all left up. Still talking about forget. <laughs> Blessings. <laughs>